0: It's The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story.
1: That seems to me like government is establishing a religion.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom
0: or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed. Let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. It is the 17th of January. Can you believe it? Happy Tuesday, producer Steve.
2: Terrific Tuesday, yes. Uh, beyond the halfway point in this month, and before
1: we know it, it'll be February. <laughs> I know. It's uh, it's hard to believe. Uh, but lots of work to do, and uh, we are here to do it. So be sure and check out my website kimmunson.com that's m-o-n-s-o-n.com sign up for our weekly email newsletter you'll get first look at our upcoming uh, guests as well as our most recent essays you can email me at kim at kimmunson.com and thank you to all of you who uh, support us we're an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom if something's a good idea you shouldn't have to force people to do it and uh, it's never compassionate to use force to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, or their opportunity or their lives via force. And force could be a weapon, policy, unpredictable, and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation. The uh, the World Economic Forum is meeting in Davos as we speak. Producer Steve. So I wonder what they're up to. At least we're shining light on what's going on over there. And uh, of course, there's. Um, just other ways that we're seeing force as well. So if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Socialism uh, is uh, ultimately, it's not about free stuff, it's ultimately about force. And uh, there's, I mean, that's the two questions, freedom versus force, Steve.
2: Yeah, you know, when you go through that litany of uh, things, it's never compassionate to use force, and yet at every level of government, that's, that seems to be the only tool you know, in their tool belt.
1: That is uh, that is in their tool belt. they government does not create anything. If government is giving somebody something, it means that it is being taken away from somebody else, either their neighbors or our children and grandchildren through the debt that is being incurred uh, right here in the United States.
2: You know, speaking of debt, I guess you know we're we're at that that place where we're going to start talking about finance, you know, for the country, paying the country's bills, and I I just, (laughs) whoever the person, the first person is who talks about raising the debt ceiling, I can't wait to see who that person is and what kind of fire they draw.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting.
2: Because we won't you know, come up with any real creative methodology of uh, you know f- financing the country. The only solution, the only one that we, you know, again, limited tool belt, the only thing we've ever done is, well, let's just raise the debt ceiling.
1: Just kick that can down the road to uh, our children and our grandchildren who have no say in incurring this debt. This is antithetical to what the founders had said. Uh, Had uh, in mind when we founded our country, and we were, they passed on freedom to the next generation. And right now, we want to pass on a big fat IOU. There's something immoral and unvirtuous about that. Yesterday was uh, uh, Martin Luther King Day, and uh, when he it said, I have a dream that one day my little children will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. The content of our character as Americans right now regarding this debt ceiling is very important, Steve.
2: Again, you, you keep striking these chords in my head. We talked about you know, your uh, quote yesterday was Ronald Reagan, and you know, 40 years have gone by, and now that president, the things that he said, this president is going the opposite direction. And I am thinking, what you just quoted from Martin Luther King. We've got other entities out there in the in the country right now who are exerting their influence, who have no connection with Martin Luther King's words at all. Right, I know. So, I mean, it's just uh, our whole culture seems to be marching one hundred and eighty degrees backwards.
1: Well, it, that has has occurred. However, uh, I am encouraged because more and more light is being shed on uh, this agenda that's really been, as you said, marching but it is uh, in full force right now and so many people are waking up and... um so I'm encouraged about that. We're at a very tumultuous time. There's no doubt about it. But my friends, as I say, we were made for this moment. Our quote for today. Let's yeah, get over I'll here just to that. I
2: was say, you just used the word freedom a while ago. I said, did you? Were you aware that you just segue to the quote of the day?
1: <laughs> and this is from Thucydides. And he was born in 460 or maybe a little earlier and died in B.C. And he died in 404 B.C. And they said he's the greatest of ancient Greek historians, author of The History of the Peloponnesian War, which recounts the struggle between Athens and Sparta in the 5th century B.C. His work was the first recorded political and moral analysis of a nation's war policies. And he said this. He said, The secret of happiness is freedom, and the secret of freedom is courage. And we are asked to have courage these days.
2: That, to me, is the essence of uh, the founding fathers.
1: It is. It is, and we are in a Founding Fathers moment at this time. Um, A couple of things. First thing, I did go out to the National Western and uh, met Trent Luce, which was really, really a lot of fun. He's going to be on the the show tomorrow. And uh, I said, we talked a little bit about my essay, Colorado's Scrambled Egg uh, Policies. And you can find that on my website. You have to go just look at it just because of the image that Zach came up with it. He has an egg instead of the uh, golden dome down at the at the state house, but we did get that up on Facebook, and I struggle with Facebook. But Zach and I have talked about it. He said, "Kim, we can get eyes on on these things that we might not otherwise." <clears throat> and I did actually tweet it out as well, Steve. That I haven't tweeted in quite some time. Uh, so anyway. Uh, I would love for us to go to work now that people are understanding that it is public policy that has increased the price of your eggs by 133 percent over the last year. It's this terrible public policy regarding um, the square footage of chickens and they have to have a scratching area and they have to have a dust bath. And uh, do you think that's really the proper role of government when we've got serious problems like – number one or number two in car thefts in the in the country our kids are falling behind on reading writing and arithmetic uh crime is is um is 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 just uh, i mean it's unbelievable what's happening in colorado the city is so dirty i can't believe that either and uh, they're concerned about making sure that a chicken has a dust bath
2: (laughs) i hope you're not looking for an argument here because i don't i don't have one
1: so let's see I think we should go to work to get that thing repealed, either through legislation or the initiative process. So let me know what you think about that. But now that people are starting to connect the dots, and we have to connect those dots and put it right at the feet of the legislature. And then this govern- governor signed it on July 1, 2020, but it didn't take effect until after the 2022 election when hmm. he ran for reelection. Hmm. 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 What do you think about that? Well,
2: well, and whether you're talking about eggs or, again, did you notice our reference gasoline station out here on Parker Road? I
3: did.
2: I did the math. It was like 24, 23, 25 cents in one day. Uh When I came in yesterday morning, you know, I come in early. It was 319 Mm -hmm. and uh, on the way home, 353 or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. in one day. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, is the fact that we had, it was very quiet, but the, the White House, not necessarily Biden himself, but the White House came out and said, oh, we're starting to wonder if maybe cancellation of the Keystone Pipeline was a mistake. Duh. Oh, really? Duh.
1: <laughs> Duh. It's, it, it, it's interesting. In a way, that's kind of a segue to, um, I, I, have, I have learned that the green, the, new, the green energy deal, it's not about the environment. It is all about the green that is going in the PBIs, the politicians, the bureaucrats, and interested parties' pockets. But this is uh, the bill of the day is House Bill 23-1005. So, again, H, House Bill HB 23, and it's the fifth one, 1005, New Energy Improvement <clears throat> Program Changes. <clears throat> And it is uh, sponsors are um, all Democrats, uh, both uh, Representative Ginny Wilford, Democrat, Brianna Titone, Democrat, and Senator Sonia Wacquez-Lewis, I think. And I, do, I would like to try to get the, the pronunciation right. I'm not sure I did that. Um, and Democrat and this is, looks dangerous to me it says concerning changes to the new energy improvement program and in connection therewith, adding resiliency improvements and water efficiency improvements to the program modifying the new energy improvement districts notice requirements and removing the district's hearing requirement now that's a little concerning seems like there should be hearings that people could go to um, It goes on to say the Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy Program, CPACE, is part of a new energy improvement program. It allows owners of eligible real property to apply to the Colorado New Energy Improvement District, of which there's not going to be hearings, to finance certain energy efficient improvements. The bill allows owners to also apply to the district to finance resiliency improvements and water efficiency improvements. Now, you have to, first of all, ask where is the money coming from that they're going to do this. But anyway, additionally, when the district approves a CPACE application, an owner consents to the district levying a special assessment on an owner's eligible real property. CURRENT LAW REQUIRES THE DISTRICT TO NOTIFY DISTRICT MEMBERS AND EXISTING lien HOLDERS ABOUT THE SPECIAL ASSESSMENT AND THE AVAILABILITY OF A HEARING TO RESOLVE ANY COMPLAINTS OR OBJECTIONS. AFTER A HEARING, CURRENT LAW FURTHER REQUIRES THE DISTRICT TO PASS A RESOLUTION RESOLVING ANY COMPLAINTS OR OBJECTIONS. THE BILL ELIMINATES THE REQUIREMENTS FOR THE DISTRICT TO GIVE NOTICE ABOUT A HEARING conduct a hearing, or pass a resolution resolving complaints or objections. Instead of notifying district members and existing lien holders about the availability of a hearing, the bill requires the district to send a notice of assessment which specifies the amount of the special assessment to be levied on the eligible real property. And it explains the special assessment constitutes a lien against the eligible real property and explains that the district is not a party to any private financing agreements. This looks like danger, danger, danger to me, Producer Steve.
2: All right. Let me ask a real basic question here. Is this a energy bill or is it a water bill?
1: It looks like there's a little of both in it.
2: Why would you do that? I Make know. it one or the other. Yep. I got to the bottom of this. And, you know, I was trying to be a good boy and read the bill of the day. I got to the bottom of it and it's like I have no idea what they're talking about.
1: But I, I, I see, well, I don't know exactly what those things are, but I see danger, danger. Getting rid of hearings, liens on property. This looks like a dance with the devil, if you if you ask me, Steve. A little force, maybe? Uh, well, ultimately, <laughs> there will be, that's for sure. We've got a big show planned for you today. And I want to talk with Todd Watkins about what is happening down uh, in uh, El Paso County, and what uh, Christy Burton Brown, the current state GOP chair, is doing, it's really a, it's a it's a head scratcher. And so we're going to talk with um, with Todd in the next segment about that. And my friends, as you know, we are uh, an independent voice on an independent station. We we search for truth and clarity. And uh, we are um, one of the most respected grassroots voices in the state. And uh, we come to you because I have a lot of really, really great sponsors. And uh, one of those great sponsors is the Roger uh, Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And Roger uh, knows that you want to feel safe and well-served and to understand your insurance coverage and know that their office will respond to your call or text 24 hours a day. Uh, For that 24-hour peace of mind, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there.
4: So, I just got the State Farm personal price plan on my car insurance. So, you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? What? What? No, I didn't get that. Personal, my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster!
5: (coughs)
6: Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary.
2: Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only, financial and tax-focused company, considers all pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Albers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, Take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3PointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. That's 3PointsFinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Go to Kim Munson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Todd Watkins. He's a former U.S. border agent, and he was also a candidate for El Paso County Sheriff. Uh, in this recent election cycle and as we look at uh, the state legislature is in session now and i hear rumblings of uh, very bad um, bills regarding uh, firearms and people being able to um, protect themselves and their families and we realize that constitutional sheriffs are so important and i know that uh, todd watkins uh, ran as a constitutional sheriff todd watkins welcome to the show
5: Good morning, Kim Monson. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, and I, Todd, there's there's something happening down in El Paso County. I typically kind of try to stay out of, of county politics, but um, there's something that is is occurring, and and it's it's troubling to me. And I'll tell you why: is uh, I have looked at Colorado, and Colorado is in trouble. And um, and I've said how how has this happened. And what I've realized is that um, we have had consultants that have really been, um, that that are making a lot of money uh, on the elections in Colorado, and we continue to lose, and we are putting in uh, politicians and interested parties are controlling what's happening in Colorado from both sides of the aisle, and meanwhile... Colorado is just uh, really in trouble, and so I'm concerned about that. time.
5: you should be. Um, just my own brief uh, experience with Colorado politics. Uh, it is evident; it is really clear that being in a constant state of crisis with the with the party with conservative values has kept those uh, those lines of funding open. So as long as long as we're losing, as long as it's a you know imminent um, threat to our to our liberties uh that's how they seem to keep keep the funding going um god help us if we ever get a majority and turn this state back toward founding principles toward the Constitution I, I fear that their funding would uh, would dry
1: out well and that's really what I've seen is that this consultant class has been milking the donors because donors yeah. I think really they care about what's they're running their businesses taking care of their families these consultants come in and say we have a crisis over here pay us and we'll fix that and uh, we have these candidates that we' we're, we're um, running their elections and they've got they've got a great chance pay us and then we lose and we lose and we lose, Todd.
5: Yes. And in El Paso County, their solution is to blame the county party for their loss, for running horrible candidates uh, that are there for the sole purpose, it would appear to me, to just to keep the uh, the donor class donating.
1: And so we need to, I think, make this clear, first of all, with the donor class that uh, they need to stop uh, throwing their money down the drain with these consultants. And, uh, Todd, I have to tell you, I was doing some research on Colorado Secretary of State Tracer report, and uh, Dick Wadhams, who has been a former state GOP chair, people look to him as a Republican strategist, he's been out there over the last six months trashing the grassroots. And uh, I do a a voter's guide, and uh, one of the very bad initiatives that was on the ballot was this Prop 123, which was, I'll use the word once, affordable housing. It's subsidized housing. It's an assault on uh, home ownership as well as it is a runaround Tabor. And so, uh, Todd, what I see is, uh, as you mentioned, the constant crisis is what I see the consultant class is going to be using is Tabor. To protect Tabor is where they're going to try to milk the donors this next time around. And so... um, Dick Wadhams was out stumping in favor of this Prop One Two Three. People have, you know, uh, certainly have the freedom to do so. But I, I found on Tracer that he was paid twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars to do that. And once again, it was a it's a three hundred million dollar a year runaround taper. tabor. I think it's important that people understand that that is uh, those are the kinds of things that has put Colorado where it's at. Todd.
5: How are these, how is the establishment ruling class uh, faction of the Republican Party different from the Democrats? I, I really want to know the answer to that. Well, I, I don't really see it.
1: Well, there seems to be uh, a bit of a uniparty on that, which let's move over to El Paso County. I, what I've seen, Todd, <clears throat> is there are everyday citizens, we the people, that are stepping up and saying, we want to reclaim this Colorado that we love. And uh, everyday people are getting involved. And it looks like, again, this, um, this uh, consultant class is trying to stymie that, Todd.
5: It, it's true. And we did. We had a lot of just regular, everyday uh, people. The, the, the very textbook example of grassroots um, uh, folks step in step into this this fray this political fray and the the common thread here is they didn't get involved in politics in so much as politics got involved in with them and it's because of this donor class because of this uniparty that is encroaching uh more and more into our our daily lives our private lives and and our freedoms and we're starting to feel forced and not freedom
1: so what's happening in el paso county
5: so going back to uh, to the caucus uh, what was that last last March in 22 um, we filled a bunch of a bunch more people showed up to their precinct caucuses in March in the interim period between um, today and that date that evening in March uh, we we filled uh, vacancies of precinct leaders uh, to the tune of about we only have maybe a hundred, ish still vacant and that's out of 646 possible precinct leader uh positions so we we filled uh, uh, let me when up. you say
1: we that would be the, the 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 county party correct
5: yes the county party yeah when i say we i mean the county party right um so that after caucus the evening of caucus we had you know, over 200 still vacant. Uh, smaller than than it had been in the past, from my understanding. Right now, we're about 110 ish or so uh, vacancies. So we we filled between caucus and now, close to right around maybe 100, just shy, just over. So I don't know what the exact and, number is.
1: <clears throat> when you say this, then what the county party has gone out and recruited somebody to step up and be a P.C.P. Is that right?
5: Correct. Yeah. Okay, got it. And, and, i these are, there's a, there's a small clutch of very motivated, uh, people in the party who are trying to get more people in the party, which is kind of what the county chairs and county leadership is supposed to do, grow the party. We're the party of the big tent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're trying to grow the party. Of course, the people that are stepping up that are getting motivated to do this, well, these are grassroots patriot people. And that's a must to the ruling class establishment. Uh, the ruling class establishment has hold sway over this county and I, I i'll wager that it's most counties in the state um has ke- have kept uh, the party participation very small uh didn't want a lot of participation in caucus and you'll notice this with uh you know er- eric godlin's uh campaign manager and and uh you know heli bremer uh writing pa- papers on dis- dissolving eliminating the caucus process it's it's too uncontrollable. Well, that should tell you something. They can't control it. Are they supposed to control it, or is, was this supposed to be the voice of the people? So as we move into our organizational meetings in February, it is the precinct leaders that will determine the outcomes of those leadership elections in February. Okay. If it's most grassroots folks showing up to this, we'll do the math. You can see how it's going to turn out for... Uh, for the establishment.
1: So, uh, if grassroots people show up, they will elect um, people that have not been <clears throat> part of that consultant uh, class. And so, so what's going? So, KBB and Christy Burton Brown is doing something about this. Yes.
5: Right. So, the establishment class here in El Paso formed a group called the the Peak Republicans. We we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago and uh, they have solicited kbb and uh, apparently they solicited people throughout the state and other in other counties to ask for a meeting to be called and kbb has called this meeting it will be by zoom virtual on the 31st and there the call to meeting says uh you know i want to be clear this is not about personalities or preferences and there's an oppor- opportunity to organize for the future and uphold election integrity. Somehow El Paso is guilty of of election integrity violations when actually it's been the grassroots of El Paso that have been trying to raise the alarm that our, our, there's a problem with our elections, that we are concerned about okay. election integrity. So they're, they're
1: saying, way. but they're saying the elections for the El Paso County Republicans, yeah. they're concerned about that election integrity, but not about the other election integrity challenges that we've right. had across the state. Okay, wanted to clarify that.
5: Right. And I, we're not really clear on what the issues of our local, uh, you know, intra-party election integrity issues have been because there haven't been um kbb begins the purpose of the meeting is not to choose sides in el paso county which is exactly what this meeting is going to do or invite the state party to interfere with a party's business which is exactly the purpose of the meeting because the purpose of the meeting is to determine whether or not uh, the regularity of the organization in El Paso County uh, GOP and established procedures regarding the rules execution and conduct of the upcoming reorganizational meeting. Um, they literally want to appoint someone to oversee our our uh, central committee meeting in February. This how is this different from say Jenna Griswold relieving Tina Peters from her duties as the. Uh, um, the, the election official in Mesa mm-hmm. County. so KBB is going to step in and appoint someone. We don't know who we can imagine. We probably have some usual suspects mm-hmm. uh, to to organize our meeting. And the second part, and this is the really dirty part of this, to determine the legal, va- legally valid list of members of the central committee P- that is talking about those. Uh, PCPs yeah the PCPs that that were uh, uh, filled by through vacancy committee uh, since the caucus in in March so they they literally want to disenfranchise and remove you know by my math I'm, I'm not the best mathematician close to a hundred people from participating in the in this in the party election
1: okay so Todd let's uh we're just about out of time on this um what would you recommend that people do on this, or are we just going to watch this? Or what do you think?
5: Well, I mean, this is this is going to happen. But uh, if you are a, a voting member of the state central committee, I, I would urge you to not participate in this. Do not allow the state party to assume and create uh, an authority that it does not have through statute or through bylaw. So don't we? We. This is this is counterintuitive to our governance as Americans that we allow a a governing body to assume a power that it doesn't have. We're watching our own state legislature do this, our own state executive uh, branch through through Jared Polis and mandates and uh, regulations on chickens. Um, Don't let them assume a a power that they don't have. You're next. Don't give them
1: Okay, well, Todd Watkins, we're going <clears> to <throat> stay on top of this because, again, as I've said, Colorado's in trouble. And this uh, consultant class has been milking donors. Uh, consultants have been uh, lining their pockets, um, and uh, they've been losing elections. And uh, we must reclaim this state. So, Todd, let's stay in touch on this.
5: Okay, thanks, Kim.
1: Okay, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. I want to talk with Adam Angieski with Open the Books. Uh, I'd like to know about all this money going to Ukraine, so stay tuned.
0: Homeownership, a place to call your own, has created wealth for Coloradans throughout the years. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
7: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious. I-P-A-C-E-D-U. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields. With courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology, there is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipac.edu.org, edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac.edu.org. Edu.org. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson.
1: Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. I'm so pleased to have on the line with me Adam Angieski. He is the founder of Open the Books, uh, which is uh, shedding light on where the money is going. And uh, he's had a recent success, uh, well, many successes, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about that. Adam Angieski, welcome to the show.
8: Great to be on the program, Tim. Tim, thanks for having me on.
1: Well, congratulations is in order. Regarding well, the 118th Congress and the Read the Bill.
8: Yeah, look, it was a big victory. Like, you know, the Read the Bill provision, a 72 hour timeout to simply read what's in the legislation. That was on the ash heap of history two years ago. And our chairman, Thomas W. Smith, noticed that. He noticed that it was a great transparency issue on legislation. And so we picked it up and we ran it really hard. Like, we got tens of thousands of signatures on our petition, read the bill at com. Every single speech I did, you know, to the, whether it was up on Capitol Hill or at the American Legislative Exchange uh, National Conference out in San Diego to close the year 2021, uh, you know, whether it was at the Reagan ranch, I talked about read the bill. And it always got one of the biggest applause lines of the entire speech. People are sick and tired of the omnibus, omnibus, you know, these massive thousands of pages spending bills dropped in the middle of the night. They vote on it the next day. And nobody even knows what's in these things. It's, so it's the Republicans terrible. Adopted this; They adopted it in their House rules package for the first time in history.
1: So it's in there.
8: It's in there, it's adopted, and it's coupled up with something that's very important. What's also in there is single subject legislation. So no more omnibus bills. The bills are going to be much smaller and we're gonna have time to tear it apart. And as a matter of fact, there's gonna be debate as the bills work through their committees. Public debate with sunshine on all the provisions and all the lines of the legislation. So this is a massive victory for transparency and congressional legislation coming out of the United States House Republicans and the, and the new caucus, new majority.
1: Okay, Adam, what? It took 15 votes for Kevin McCarthy to be named Speaker of the House. And the, the 20 holdouts, and, and I'm hearing that actually there was a lot more people behind the scenes. But could this be credited to the 20 holdouts, or what do you think?
8: Yeah, look, when Congress is in session, Kim, your life, your liberty, and your property are not safe. I was perfectly happy with Congress being out of session for a week. No problem. And then they drove massive reforms. So it's, you know, in addition to the transparency and legislation reforms, you had spending reforms. We've never seen anything like this either. So on spending, you know, they've capped it at 2022 discretionary spending levels. And then if they increase the, the debt ceiling, and that debate's going to be had, you know, immediately, they're going to have to come in with corresponding spending cuts. So these are great rules. You know, our national debt over the course of just the last 20 years has risen from a little shy at the start of the George W. Bush administration, a little shy of $6 trillion, to over $31 trillion Uh. in 20 years. Five-time increase in our national debt. No one was talking about spending. And these 20 courageous members of Congress put it on the table got it into the rules package and now you know we're talking about spending caps and spending cuts
1: oh that's remarkable adam congratulations
8: yeah well you know it's a target rich environment for waste fraud corruption and taxpayer abuse right right so you know i mean i was just on the russell brand podcast look i appreciate kim your platform here to educate you know the you know people right there in colorado on what's going on with congressional spending. Because one of the examples I highlighted was the $75,000 grant. You can think it's a small grant, but it goes to the culture of corruption and our largest institutions in this country. Harvard University, with a $50 billion endowment, took this $75,000 grant to buy about 100 lizards. They bought leaf blowers. They stuck them up there in trees and blew the lizards out of the trees to study the force of hurricane winds on lizards. Okay, if it has merit, Harvard should have funded it by themselves. Agreed. Like the load on the the taxpayer.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Well, I wanted to talk with you about Ukraine, but I just I'm looking at OpenTheBooks.com. And um, this podcast that you did with Russell Brand, that had to be pretty interesting. And you just did that, what, yesterday?
8: Yeah, just published to YouTube over the weekend. And look, he's a force of nature. I mean, he's whip-smart. He said my last name, Kim, better than I say my own last name, Ivan J. Hefsky. I mean, it was, uh, it was 16 minutes. We covered a ton of ground. You know, we talked about the secrecy of our public health. Three keys to public health. Number one, secrecy. At OpenTheBooks.com, we have uncovered a hidden $1.4 billion hidden royalty stream. We wrote that in May and you know about it because Rand Paul picked it up in his quiz, you on the third-party royalties twice in Senate Congressional hearing. And you also know about it because in the House Appropriations hearing, John Molinaire out of Michigan quiz, the acting director, Lawrence Kayback, who was there for his budget from Congress, but he had to answer questions on third-party royalties, and he admitted that, yes, every single one of the payments to the scientists, $325 million, they're split. You know, $1.4 billion went to the agency, and they disclosed via our federal lawsuit. $325 million went to leadership and scientists at NIH. 2,400 scientists. He said, yes, every single one of those payments has the appearance of a conflict of interest. But trust us, we have firewalls. You know, the second key to public health is meet the Fauci's. Mr. and Mrs. Fauci, they out-earned the president, and she out-earned the vice president as the chief bioethicist at the National Institutes of Health. And then the third key is this target-rich environment of waste, fraud, corruption, and abuse of spending within public health.
1: And having light shed on this, Adam, is so important. Um, I mean, what you're saying is almost unbelievable to me.
8: Well, look, there's a war on transparency. (laughs) and NIH... NIH to use our tax dollars against all taxpayers by forcing us into expensive litigation to be able to uncover everything that I just told you. They didn't provide it via Freedom of Information Act request. They ignored those requests. They forced us to sue with judicial watches, our public interest lawyers. We won those cases. We forced production and we forced all of this into the sunshine. But it goes right to the culture of secrecy, fought, you know, that was designed and created by the former director of the NIH, Francis Collins, and obviously one of the most significant figures in public health in our nation's history, and that's Dr. Anthony Fauci. They've created this culture of secrecy and they need to be held accountable. You know, Francis Collins, most people don't know, he was making two hundred and three thousand as director of NIH. He uh he comes off of NIH. But he gets a golden parachute job in the Biden administration at the White House. He is the most expensive White House employee that we've ever found all the way back through the Obama administration, starting in 2009. He makes over $300,000 today. So he retired from NIH, but Biden is paying him 50% more to be his healthcare czar.
1: Wow. And then additionally, they get these cushy uh, pensions as well, right?
8: Yeah. So Fauci is going to retire on the largest golden parachute federal pension in U.S. government history. You know, he retired at the end of the year, and we estimate that his pension is $375,000 a year. So, you know, he retires nearly on a pension of what the president makes. The president makes $400,000 a year.
1: Wow, that is remarkable. Um, Before we go to break, uh, kind of your last takeaway with this podcast you did with Russell Brand.
8: So, you know, like I said, Brand's a force of nature. He asks all the hard questions. We covered a ton of ground in 16 minutes. Um, Folks can listen to the podcast on YouTube or Rumble or just go to our Open the Books Twitter, and you'll be directed right to it.
1: Okay. And uh, Adam, I thought I was doing a good job on pronouncing your name. I'd ask that, but I'm not even close. I apologize.
8: Hey, you know, join the club. I'm not either. It's it's not simple, uh, Jim. It's a it's a tough last name.
1: And how, one more time, how? what is the correct pronunciation?
8: Well, in Polish, they say Andrzejewski. But we've tried to help out over the years. My family pronounces it angie just to make it a little easier.
1: Okay. Adam angie we're going to go to break. Uh, Before we do that, though, uh, USMC Memorial Foundation is raising money for that Marine Memorial Remodel. And it's out at Sixth and Colfax. And, my friends, it is so important to honor those that... That have given their lives or been willing to give their lives for us, for our liberty, for our freedom. And uh, so just for the price of a cup of coffee once a week, just go ahead and send some money over to USMC Memorial Foundation. And uh, a little bit goes a long way. You can do that at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We'll be right back with Adam Angieski.
9: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and, of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same-day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns
6: Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment For all customers, come to Franktown for a comfortable, no pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Frankton Firearms, where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Uh, be sure and check out our website, that is Kim Munson, M O N S O N, and uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, on the line with me is Adam Angieski. An- That's close enough, Adam, yes?
8: Absolutely,
1: Kim. No, you do a fantastic job. Okay. Um, Oh, there's so much I want to ask you. First thing, just big picture, Ukraine. We keep sending money over there for them to secure their border. Of course, our border is not being secured. But money, money, money going there. What's your thoughts on that, Adam? Well,
8: it's a tremendous amount of money. Uh, Just to put it in context, we put over $100 billion into Ukraine out of Congress on about at least three appropriations, if not more. Let's put that number in context, Tim. The entire US foreign aid budget every year is fifty billion. We did an oversight report a year and a half ago and broke that story and it was a big number. If that number was federal dollars to a state government, it would rank third at fifty billion. Only California and New York receive more federal money to the state government out of Congress than what we doled out in U.S. foreign aid. So, the fact that we put twice that amount into Ukraine is a stunning amount of money. We need immediate transparency on where those dollars are going. Let's put it further into context. The entire military budget of Putin's Russia on an annual basis is $80 billion. We put more money into Ukraine than the Russians spend on their entire military budget for the year. The Chinese spend half of that. They spend $200 billion, and we put $100 billion into Ukraine alone. So the spigots are wide open. They're flowing. We need immediate transparency. Every time I'm online in real time with our U.S. foreign aid to Ukraine.
1: Absolutely. So I know you're on that. I want to change uh, gears just a little bit here and talk about Southwest. They had quite the... Quite the challenge over Christmas. Uh, and so, what's your thoughts about Southwest, their Christmas challenge?
8: So, Southwest couldn't keep a plane in the air over Christmas during that, that roughly little over a week. They canceled 15,000 flights. They affected millions of Americans who were trying to fly. So, immediately we found the number, we nailed it. Their U.S. taxpayer aid since 2020, again, it's a stunning $7.2 billion of U.S. taxpayer generosity into Southwest Airlines. It was used to cover their payroll and their benefits. You know, they have 54,000 employees. And that means if you do the math, each employee on average received $133,000 of taxpayer support. We covered their payroll in essence for an entire year at that airline. They were the first airline to emerge profitable from the pandemic in the first quarter of 2021. They made a $116 million profit. We looked at their annual report. They started 2021, coming out of the worst year of the pandemic, with $14.3 billion of cash on hand. Okay, what did they do with that money? They didn't upgrade their IT infrastructure, of course. It was still back in the 1990s. That's what melted down over Christmas. They instead expanded their airport footprint. They went into new airports, and and they expanded the number of airports that they're flying to. For, for example, in Illinois, in Chicago, they expanded to O'Hare. They already had their hub at Midway in February of 2021, and they did this across across their company. So, yes, the, the CEO needs to go in front of Congress. He needs to explain. They need to show in detail a forensic audit on how they spent seven million. Two billion dollars of U.S. taxpayer pandemic aid, and they couldn't keep a plane in the air for Christmas.
1: Yes, and in fact, we, uh, we experienced that personally and had to make adjustments on that, uh, which was really frustrating. It was stressful, but it was stressful for many, many people. Um,
8: yeah, my, my family too, Kim. I hope your experience is better than ours. Our flight looked like it was running on time. We checked our bags at the curb. We never saw those bags again for ten days. Oh
1: my gosh! Uh, we ended up having to use a um, my family member used a different airline because it was important that they got here. So you know there was a lot of adjustments on that. Uh, yeah, a lot of money that's that being entire
8: fare. You can get that entire fare back. You know, I hope you you claim that entire extra uh, fare. Uh, Southwest will pay it out. Oh.
1: Okay. Well, we'll I'll go to work on that. Okay. Hey, um, next thing I want to just talk about, uh, if you go to open the books and uh, how does it work exactly, but somehow you're able to uh, capture where I'm at. And then up at the top of the screen, you have uh, reports on many of the different uh, governmental entities uh, near me. And um, how does that work exactly, Adam? Because I'm looking at one for Auraria Higher Education, which is absolutely fascinating. But how does that work, Adam?
8: So we use your computer ID address location. And then, um, you know, our algorithm is smart enough then... To immediately pull the units of your local governments within a 15 mile radius in alphabetical order, right in front of you, so you can just click a logo and go right to that payroll of that unit of government. So it'll hyper it hyper localizes your computer, pulls your local units of government in, and then you can go right to them.
1: And so I'm, I just happened to, to um, click on Aurora Auraria Higher Education Center. And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, this is pretty uh, interesting. Uh, the uh, executive director makes uh, salary, well, annual wages. Does that, that doesn't include pension, does it, when you have annual wages?
8: Right, yeah, it's cash compensation.
1: Wow. So that would be $168,000 that he is making. But I, I went over to page number two, and the bookstore manager makes $93,000. I mean, that's, that's a pretty healthy salary.
8: Well, it really is. Yeah. In, in California, we've actually found the bookstore managers in some of the colleges and universities out-earned the governor. I mean, so when you open the books, it's absolutely incredible as to what you'll find. Kim, You know, and I probably talked about it on your show last spring that lifeguards in Los Angeles County make up to $510,000 a year. We actually found 98 L.A. County lifeguards make more than $200,000 a year. The top paid, like I said, makes more than a half million, and it actually comes with a take-home vehicle. The top L.A. County lifeguards also receive a take-home vehicle that's a Toyota Sequoia.
1: Boy, that is uh, that is uh, stunning. And so, uh, as we open the books, what what I mean, you're having success stories on this. What would you say is uh, w- maybe one of your top success stories, in addition to what just happened with um, in Congress?
8: So, you know, I, the immediate one that comes to mind wasn't the one that got a, a got as much press. Although we got a lot of press on it, we found that in the top 300 largest and wealthiest law firms and accounting firms 126 top law firms received 809 million dollars worth of forgiven paycheck protection loan program loans last you know from 2020 through last year 236 of the top 300 largest accounting firms received over $600 million with a forgiven PPP loan. You've got the largest, wealthiest law firms in the country. Their partners are knocking down millions of dollars during 2020 and 2021 on, their, on, the, on the ownership of their partners, on the partnership of the law firms, their equity payments. The, their, the law firms are racking up hundreds of millions of dollars worth of revenue, oftentimes increasing their revenues during the pandemic years. While they applied for under the rules, received and were forgiven on tens and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of PPP loans. these were loans designed for mom and pop businesses on main Street, and our elites gained the system for personal gain
1: right that and as you're saying that the the this was sold as that this was for uh, like you say mom and pop businesses to help them survive through the The reaction to the COVID-19 and uh, and actually the mom and pop stores were the ones that were in the crosshairs. Absolutely remarkable what you're doing uh, on this. And I'm I'm just I might I'm just incredulous at what you finally accomplished with this 118th Congress. This is monumental. uh, Adam, we've got about a minute left. Your final thought on everything.
8: Well, the 118th Congress is off to a good start. But, Kim, they missed something, and they missed something big. Uh, So, unfortunately, Republicans took a secret vote, and they voted two years ago to join Nancy Pelosi to bring back the currency of corruption in Congress, to bring back this outrageous practice of member pet projects doled out to get votes. It's the practice of earmarking. And, And in the latest omnibus spending bill, 7,500 earmarks were in there for a total of 16 billion dollars to put the votes on the 1.7 trillion dollar omnibus bill. And Republicans did not did not ban earmarking in this Congress. They fully embraced it. Oh no the th- seven out of the top 10 earmarkers on the omnibus bill are Republicans, Texas congressional Republicans are out earmarking their Texas congressional Democrats on the on the on the omnibus bill 450 million to 250 million. So this is a real problem you know this needs to be back on the table forks on the table it's your money and it's being served hot by republicans in congress
1: well adam andjewski with open the books uh, great to talk with you we will talk with you again soon and congratulations
8: thank you Kim. thanks for having me on
1: And uh, our quote for the end of the show is from Thucydides. He said, knowledge without understanding is useless. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two.
0: the kim munson show analyzing the most important story
1: that seems to me like government is establishing a religion
0: the latest in politics and world affairs
1: if you give people rights women's rights gay rights whatever there can't be equal rights if there's special rights
0: today's current opinions
1: and ideas surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force is
0: it freedom or is it force let's have a conversation
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation, and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much. This is hour number two. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body, my friends. We were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Zoom through that first hour, Steve. Yeah,
2: I I can't get my head around some of the things that Adam was sharing with us, but uh, you know, they are a bright spot.
1: Uh yes, this uh, the success on uh, changing many of these rules in in uh, the House of Representatives is a big deal. So thank you to the 20 that made that happen. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom if something's a good idea you shouldn't have to force people to do it and it is a great Tuesday it is a Karen Levine and Lauren Levy Tuesday
10: Karen Levine welcome to the show it's great to have you in studio it is great to be here and the drive-in was somewhat seamless (laughs) yeah
1: sometimes you have challenges getting over here
10: I do 270 I-70 225 (laughs) highway 36 (laughs) it's it's a journey
1: you know maybe what we should start to have you do is give us uh, the road report Road <laughs> report. And, Lauren Levy, it is great to have you. You were uh, in, um, you took a little vacation. Yeah, finally. Yeah. It was good. And uh, just back in little tanner and ready to go. Ready to go. So it's great to have you here. We're going to get uh, get to you guys in the um, second and third segment, and you'll be here for questions as well. And, again, you both are, have been great sponsors of both the shows and another great sponsor is hooters restaurants and they have five locations that's loveland aurora lone tree westminster and colorado springs and uh, they have uh, wings day wednesday you buy 20 wings you get an additional 10 for free great place to get together to watch the games and uh, monday through friday they have specials for both lunch and happy hour it's an interesting story How they became my sponsor, and it's a story about freedom and free markets and capitalism. You can find that on my website. Uh, So we're going to get to our quote for today, and then uh, we'll be wanting to talk with another great sponsor, and that is Dr. Rachel Corbett. She is with Roots Medical, that's R-O-O-T-S Medical, getting to the root of your health. Uh, Our quote for today was from Thucydides, and he was uh, born in 460-ish B.C., died in 404 B.C.-ish, Uh, greatest of ancient Greek historians and author of the history of the Peloponnesian War.
10: Have you read that?
11: Not lately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for it to come on on Paramount+.
10: (laughs) I'm with Lauren on that one. (laughs)
1: And it recounts the struggle between Athens and Sparta. In the 5th century B.C., his work was the first recorded political and moral analysis of a nation's war policies. He said, the secret of happiness is freedom, and the secret of freedom is courage. And uh, we are at a time right now where we need to step forward in courage uh, on that. Uh, Karen, any comments on that? Again, the secret of happiness is freedom, and the secret of freedom is courage. Hmm. You, you want to
10: ruminate on that? I would like to ruminate on that. Okay. Um, it's a very thoughtful statement you that can't requires do that thoughtful you can't ruminate mess.
1: on
2: the radio
10: you can't so. <laughs> ruminate on the radio because <laughs> no one can hear the
1: ruminating <laughs> no how about you lauren any it, comments it sounds
11: like a like a military standpoint you yeah know, um that you have to have people with a lot of courage to defend your freedom
1: right mm-hmm. and, and i was looking for another quote and oh it was jimmy D- doolittle i was going to use that and then i i didn't but basically he said the real battle should be from the neck up. And that's really what we're in, is this battle, battle of ideas. ideas. And uh, a woman that has been very involved in this battle of ideas, uh, really over the last few years, she's really gotten into it, is Dr. Rachel Corbett, and she is with Roots Medical. Dr. Rachel, welcome to the show.
12: Morning, Kim. How are you?
1: I am doing well. And uh, Roots Medical is not just looking at treating symptoms. They wanna, you guys want to get to the root of people's health, correct?
12: Absolutely. I think the way that allopathic medicine has been petting is basically just putting out fires instead of really finding the roots to medical issues, and that's what we do at uh, at our office.
1: And that's rootsmedical.net, R-O-O-T-S, medical.net. Dr. Rachel, um, you're also very involved with Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom, um, but I wanted to ask you about these investigations on the CDC.
12: Yeah, I, um, I, I want to do Toby Rogers' uh, substack was a couple of days ago, and he's a PhD, political economist, master of public policy from Berkeley, and he wrote this awesome substack, and I want to kind of go over it. I'm going to use it because <clears throat> it was so uh, fantastic. Basically, he said the CDC, the FDA, and the White House have a massive problem. And so, Friday afternoon before the long holiday weekend, the c d c launched a limited hangout, and I listen, you know, Kim, I don't want to be in this battle, and so when basically the c d c is just throwing out a bone, and i I was kind of excited on Friday when this came out because I'm like. Oh, finally, you know, all of us in this, as you know, are kind of like, oh, finally, people are going to wake up, finally. And then I read this article by Toby Rogers, and it really just, you know, kind of opened up my eyes, and he said, this is the definition of a limited hangout. The way a limited hangout works is that if you're an intelligence agency or a global corporation, government, or non-governmental organization, and you have been doing things that you need to keep away from the public, and those things are starting to come to light such that you cannot just deny what you're doing anymore. So what you do is you release a limited part of the story to distract people's attention from the rest of the story. The part you release is the limited hangout. It's not a lie. It's just not the whole story, and so, you're hanging it out there so that it becomes the whole story and people stop pursuing the whole story. And that that just, we've been through this over and over and over again. You know, there's so many times all of us get our hopes up and then just have them smashed because people aren't really, they don't really want to know. I mean, you've now at the point had people have severe side effects from the vaccine all of us have known people who've had strokes or heart attacks or myocarditis from the vaccine and we've all probably known one person who's passed away from the vaccine I don't know anybody I personally do not know anybody who passed away from COVID and now we want to believe this stuff we want to believe that our government is good but it's just not true because What they're doing, especially in this whole scenario, is when they, let me just, there was no control group. What they're talking about is they compared strokes from zero to 21 days after the exception, compared to strokes from day 22 to 42. They never, in all of this, did a comparison with the unvaccinated population. And if they did, that's when they would really find the evidence that shows that the vaccine does in fact increase your risk of strokes and heart attacks and and in this particular thing we're only looking at people 65 and older well you know what is we all know that we've now seen 17 year old strokes and that's not that is not right and so it was kind of a wake-up call for me because as much as I would like this battle to be over, the truth is, is they're just throwing us a bone.
1: Okay, and I'd never heard the term "hangout," Doctor Rachel. So they hang information to... out there, huh?
12: Yep. And so it's a it's a great technique, right? I was the one who was like, oh, thank God. So now they're saying, you know, there it was. We looked into it. It really was a false alarm. And what they're hoping that the gullible public says is, wow, thank goodness of CDC people are really on it. And the truth is, is that it's just throwing us above. It's just really just kind of, and they kind of did that with the myocarditis as well. Whereas in Europe, a lot of the countries like Denmark have stopped um, not doing the vaccine for anybody who's, I think it's under 40 now because of the data, because of the um, signals. And you know, it's just it's a, it's really it's. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, where are people? <laughs> like, where are their minds? And you said this just a few minutes ago, and I think most most of this, because as you already know, I also do the neuro linguistic programming, and those that group, you know, I don't want to say everybody, but internationally, the people part of Panda who are, are NLP specialists. They know they were the first ones to wake up because this is psychological warfare is what this is. This is not a battle on the battleground. This is psychological warfare. And it's so funny because I look, I have a lot of friends who, you know, who are ex-military or, you know, believe. And they, they don't see that this is a psychological battle. It's huh. a complete psychological battle.
1: It, it is, and to, I alluded to Jimmy Doolittle's quote of uh, of uh, this battle, and it's from the neck up, and it really is. Dr. Rachel, I know that uh, this has been a journey for you to get to, to this point, and you care deeply. You've always cared deeply about individuals, and so you are, are really stepping up into this, this battle from the neck up, if you will, Dr. Rachel Corbett.
12: Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think we, through our meetings, because we're very connected to the other freedom groups, as you know, and I think kind of our conclusion over the last couple of months is that this will be won in the courts. And what that means for your listeners is please donate to any of the uh, battles that you know that are going on in the courts. We're gonna start looking at that the freedom groups within Colorado to kind of start figuring out what we can do on a local level. And any, in area, air 30 courts, you know, Del Tree, the American physician of um, physicians and surgeons, they have some great uh, lawsuits that are, are pending and so any of those so this is this is where it's going to be one is in the courts
1: right and health freedom defense fund with leslie manukian she's doing great work too so hey dr rachel yep. corbett thank you so much and um, we will talk to you and roots medical next week thank you for all the great work you're doing and then the, again that's RootsMedical.net. dot net so dr rachel have a great day you too thank you kim And uh, as you see, I have amazing sponsors. We'll be talking with uh, Karen Levine and Lauren Levy here in the the next segment. Uh, But as a State Farm agent for 47 years, Roger Mangan has served his customers, provided for his family, and given back to the communities of Centennial, Littleton Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood Village, as well as Castle Rock. For help with your insurance needs, call Roger Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan Insurance is there.
9: I can't believe I just scratched that card. Find my insurance card.
4: Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks
9: dirty? Uh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card.
4: Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app.
9: But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep,
4: it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's, it's called service.
9: Whoa, I can call my agent,
4: too? It's called service.
0: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping golden retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
2: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot ncom Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. We are into 2023. Already halfway through January in studio with me is Karen Levine, award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance, and Lauren Levy. He is a specialist in the mortgage arena, works with a lot of different lenders, and there's a lot of creativity that's going on in that particular arena as well. So Karen Levine, welcome to the show.
10: Well, it is always a pleasure to be here.
1: And, Lauren, it's great to have you in studio as well. I always learn so much from both of you.
11: Well, thank
2: you.
1: Okay. Let's start with you, Karen. Uh, what's uh, what's happened? Homeownership. Homeownership. I tell you what, there is such an assault on homeownership, and we're seeing it through this affordable housing. We'll say it once it's subsidized housing. Uh, we've seen public policy that makes uh, homes more and more expensive, and then those people that are pushing the public policy – come in with a solution which is really an assault on private homeownership and it's taken a while for you and i to connect these
10: dots it has and um we were chatting that we're going to start doing we the realtor association and the government affairs committee at the denver metro association doing our candidate interviews uh for the city council for denver and the mayoral race and um it's interesting that the mindset of policymakers is to make more policy. And when we look at the breakdown of the cost of housing, um regulation and policy can be anywhere between 35 and 50% of the cost of a home. So getting new housing out of the ground is very expensive, which makes affordability not very attainable. Mm-hmm. But then you look at some of the policy that is implemented and for those hardworking middle class, we're talking middle class Americans that want to buy homes and start to create generational wealth, uh, family wealth, which a home has the ability to do that, um, they price the housing with um, You're extra bunnies,
1: affordable housing affordable housing it's subsidized they, mm-hmm. they
10: they jack the price for the middle class to be able to provide affordable housing. To those mm-hmm. who don't qualify, which then makes achievement of middle class housing more expensive and less achievable. Mm-hmm. And so this year of 2023, my hope is to have an attitude of curiosity and to look at this issue from different perspectives mm-hmm. and to look at other ways of how do you help or how do you make housing attainable and if you go back to Economics 101, the first way to make things more affordable is to create more supply.
1: That is a good idea, for sure. And, again, it's been public policy that has limited sup- the creation of supply. Correct. People uh, want homes. And, Lauren Levy, what are you seeing in the mortgage arena, the Federal Reserve? and It sounds like they think that inflation is is maybe getting tapped down just a little bit. What What are you seeing? I think
11: they're saying that they can see the numbers slowing down, but they don't. The Fed's always maintained that they want to be at this two, two and a half percent rate, right? So if we were at nine and then now it's down to eight or seven or even six, it's a great sign that it's slowing down, but it's not quite where they want to get. So what we're thinking and hearing is that they're going to raise, but hopefully slower, like stop these big jumps and just do like a quarter here or a quarter there. It all depends on when they have their triggers. Like I think for them, they've been pretty open about saying that it's employment for them and wage growth. And as long as people are getting – you know, for a while there, you had, you could see this, Kim. People were leaving one job to get another one and then maybe leaving that one because mm-hmm. the money was just getting higher and higher. Not that that's a bad thing for those mm-hmm. employees, but that's what they're trying to slow down. That's that inflation growth.
1: But, and- but gosh, that seems like that's good for everyday people. It, it
11: yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough thing to look at and have try to see all sides, you know. Because I want to make more money. Everyone would like to make more money, I believe. But someone's got to pay for that, right? I mean, I remember, I remember not that long ago, I was doing all this summer baseball with my kids, and you know, we'd go around and I'd hear all this minimum wage discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we want to be at fifteen an hour, and I'm thinking to myself, if like we go to fifteen an hour, you're going to walk into a McDonald's one day and be served by a robot. Exactly. Sure enough, I walked into McDonald's, and the first thing I was greeted with was a kiosk, mm-hmm. and then another kiosk. And then finally, you get to a human,
1: mm-hmm.
11: you know, three layers mm-hmm. deep if you had an issue, but you had been mostly replaced by a, a robot. Because labor has gotten
1: so expensive.
11: Right, and that's what they're trying to control. Mm-hmm. That's their hot
10: button. And as you control, or as you see labor costs more, huh, guess what else costs more? Everything. All goods and
11: services. Everything. So they see that gas has come down. Everyone sees that gas mm-hmm. has come down. You know, That was a major problem for everybody, and that really hits the lower class really mm-hmm, hard. Right. Um, and that's come down. It's been amazing. But um, employment has not yet come down to the level they wanted at. That, so that's why I think they're going to keep raising, but slower.
1: Who made them the gods that would figure out the economy?
10: I mean, I... Congress.
11: Uh, I mean, years well, and, and years and years ago. I mean...
10: Well, and I guess they put someone in charge to control the money supply and they're the people well <laughs> is that a fair statement
11: yeah i mean they have the, the issue that's come up a lot is this dual mandate right that keeps coming up but then mm-hmm. it depends who's in charge of congress and what they want to do with it because it's difficult to try to control and play empl- employment and control inflation at the same time because mm-hmm. you can't really have low inflation and maximum employment it's it's difficult we we, we were but, there for but, a little but, while but
4: that
1: happened under the trump administration we were there for a little
11: while right mm-hmm. and we were but then kind of we ran out of workers almost, right? And so then the wages started going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. We were there for a period of time, mm-hmm. but it's hard to maintain.
1: But people, were, people had more real dollars in their pocket. Agreed. Yesterday, we reported that for 21, pers- 21 months in a row, uh, real wages have gone down for everyday people. And it seems to me that, that our focus should be on humans thriving and flourishing. How do we get to that? Well, It's freedom. You know, if, 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 if we shaved 25 percent of these rules and regulations off of new bills and you reduce the cost of a new house by 25 percent, a lot more people could, uh, could afford that. But that's not what the, Econ- the World Economic Forum wants. They want people to live in these boxes. And I, I was uh, out at the National Western yesterday. Oh, me too. It, it, did you see that monstrosity of that apartment
10: building? It looks like it's straight out of Soviet Russia. Oh, no, I obviously wasn't paying attention I wasn't to
11: paying Yes, so. <laughs> you know, if you, get, if you do that, Kim, that, if you get rid of regulation and bring a cost down, that doesn't affect what the carpenters get paid. It doesn't affect what the builder makes on the property. It might affect, you know, it's just rules and regulations making things more expensive. So that's not a bad thing. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, we did have basically low unemployment. If the Fed was only in charge of unemployment, we were there. Mm-hmm. It's when their other mandate kicked in that, you know,
1: but that was because of, of, of public policy as well. Agreed.
11: I'm not giving an opinion. I'm just saying yeah. they have two things to manage at the same time, which is what some people in Congress have asked about. Should they only have one? Because to manage employment and pricing at the same together is tough.
1: Mm-hmm. I just keep wondering. In a free market, like under a, a um, you know, um, von Mises or something, in a free market, you wouldn't have all of this government intervention. That people in a, a real capitalistic society, trading value for value, you wouldn't need all of this.
11: I agree. You would think people would stop driving, for example, right? When you're paying five dollars a gallon, you're just going to walk. Or not well, that's go. what they're trying to get people or to do. Or not go. go. Well, I mean, that's, if right. eventually the price gets so high you just cannot. If you can't afford it, you can't. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford to fly, you're not going to go on vacation, right? I mean, and that would hopefully the free market would then bring the price back mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yes. So what what do you think, uh, from a, a financing standpoint, though, Americans are creative, they're mm-hmm. innovative, and are you, you're you seeing people yeah, get I mean, mortgages? And Yeah, I mm-hmm.
11: mean, Karen and I talk about this. I mean, typically what happens in this situation is rates go up, so people's affordability goes down. But inevitably there's either less buyers or they have to back off, causing the sellers to have to bring their prices back down a little bit. And if you have a 3% mortgage rate on a $700,000 loan or a... 6% mortgage rate on a $600,000 loan, it becomes a lot more equal. Mm-hmm. So you're getting the house for less, but you're at a higher rate, but your payment stays relatively similar. And that's what should happen. So it's, it's happening. Mm-hmm. It just takes time to, to, have, to mm-hmm. get there.
1: So let's uh, let's go to break, Karen, because then we want to talk a little bit about the seller in that scenario mm-hmm. and what happens with that. And uh, in studio, I have with me Lauren Levy and Karen Levine. And uh, Lauren is an expert in the mortgage arena. His number is 303-880-8881, 303 Karen Levine uh, is an award-winning realtor with Remax Alliance. If you're going to buy or sell your home or you're looking at a new build, give her a call, 303 877 Seven five one six three zero three eight seven 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 five one six, and uh, just wanted to mention ipac edu. This is the the great educational forum that uh, Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating for the intellectually curious. The courses are very affordable. They're interactive with these amazing instructors and your other students. I'm finishing up um, my class with Dr. Mark McDonald on how not to be fooled, and I'm going to start the class w- uh, with Aga Wilson on. Globalism. She'd been at the U.N. for a number of years. But join me. I'd love to have you do that. So dash over to ipac-edu.org. We'll be right back with Karen Levine and Lauren Levy.
2: Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only, financial and tax-focused company, considers all pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Albers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, Take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact ThreePointsFinancial.com to schedule a no obligation introductory call. That's ThreePointsFinancial.com.
7: What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org. ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show.
1: I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at the, is, these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Um, in studio with me is Lauren Levy. He is an expert in the mortgage arena and works with a number of different lenders. And then Karen Levine, award-winning realtor with Remax Alliance. Uh, the scenario that Lauren just explained: as interest rates have gone up, in order to 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 uh, the the market actually reacts to that, and so sellers are having to bring the price of their homes down. And um, people look at at a market; they say, "I want to sell at the top." Uh, it, the uh, prices are are softening a bit. So, what are you seeing regarding sellers on, on that, Karen?
10: Well, we have described the realtor organization and us professionals in the market. We described twenty twenty two as a bit of a roller coaster, and we came out in January, so this time last year, and took off, went you know straight up mm-hmm. that hill on that roller coaster, and we had very very little. Inventory. We came into the year somewhere around fifteen hundred units for the metro area. Wow, which is you know that's that's very very. It's sort of like that toilet paper thing that mm-hmm. happened. Um, so there were a lot of buyers that wanted to buy because, as Lauren said, interest rates were three, three and a half percent. Money was very affordable. That caused values to escalate and appreciate. Sellers got. We're in a position to be able to sell at a very high. We believe probably hit that high somewhere in April, okay. and um, sellers who were leaving the metro area had an opportunity. Sellers who were staying here, you're trading dollars for dollars, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter when you buy and sell if you're staying within the same marketplace. Mm-hmm. So then interest rates doubled
1: so fast, so fast. I think was irresponsible, but
10: but it mm-hmm. did happen. Mm-hmm. That caused the buyers to to literally leave the marketplace because affordability was not understandable mm-hmm. because money went from 3% to 7%. Mm-hmm. And how does that affect my monthly payment? Sellers who needed to sell or sellers who desired to sell to create a market needed to reduce their prices mm-hmm. to make it more affordable to attract a buyer. So the fourth quarter we um, saw buyers trying to reassess what was the environment for them and sellers trying to assess what do we need to do with our pricing to sell. And buyers were successful in buying maybe at a better price, well, in most cases, at a better price than what they would have bought at in April, March, April. Mm -hmm. But they paid more.
1: Their cost of money.
10: The cost of the money. Interesting to see. So I had a, I have a listing in Englewood, a beautiful ranch-style home. We priced it at seven thirty-five, coming out of the marketplace, onto the market um, fourth quarter. My team felt strongly that we should take price reductions the first week in January. I wanted to see what was going to happen that first weekend mm-hmm. in January, and I said, "Nope, I want to see what's going to happen. I, we're not going to adjust that price." Okay. We came out of the shoots and had four showings that weekend. That tells me the buyer sentiment has understood what happened the fourth quarter. They've seen rates tamper down. They're feeling more confident, and they're out in the marketplace. Okay.
1: And, Lauren, you've said uh, that if you find a home that you love and you can get into it, do. So, basically, marry the house and date the mortgage. Mm
11: -hmm. That's what I talk to people about all the time because there's a – Amongst everyone, and I don't think we're going to be wrong. I just think because the rates went up so fast, not because of where they are, but because of how fast they got there, there's a belief that in the next tw- six to eighteen months, people will have an opportunity to refinance off of today's rates. Mm-hmm. If you're in a three and a quarter mortgage, you're probably married to that one, and you're probably happily married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? But if you're in one at six point eight today that you got in October, mm-hmm. and if I did it for you, you're probably going to hear from me in another 30 to 60 days about refinancing that thing down Mm -hmm. to now maybe around six and three-eighths or something. Mm -hmm. So that person found a house that they loved, found a way to make the payment, is going to make that payment for about six months. And then I'm going to come through and redo it again and probably save them, I don't know, $250 a month.
1: Mm -hmm. Is there lots of costs involved in in redoing that mortgage?
11: Yeah, there are. But someone like me or someone that, you know, that most, most of us in this industry will try to do what we can, not everybody, will try to help, you know, cover... Well, for your listeners, mm-hmm. I always cover an appraisal and don't charge a processing fee. So, for most of those people, that's about that's over a thousand dollars right uh, there. Okay. Um, but for m- repeat clients, just in my general business, I try to cover whatever I can. In a, if they haven't refinanced in ten years, that's a mm-hmm. whole different story. Sure. But if they're doing it within you know six to eighteen months, we're going to mm-hmm. look at helping them as cover as much as we can the second time around. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, we, during the break, you were talking about that the different metropolitan areas are different. And mm-hmm. uh, so talk a little bit about that, Lauren.
11: Uh, like Karen said, I mean, if you're a seller here and you're, you know, no matter what you sell for and you want to go buy in the Midwest, you're going to have buying power like crazy. Right. You know, but if you want to buy... Imagine with a
1: pool, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
11: but if you want to buy here and, st- and or sell here and stay here and buy, then it's dollars for dollars and it doesn't matter. If you get 50000 less, you're going to pay 50000 less on the new house. hmm And it's all going to wash itself out. But we always have people wanting to move here. Um Uh, that hasn't stopped you know as much as you can argue what's happened to our politics i was just gonna say don't they know the
1: politics
11: (laughs) so they've in some places they've been effective at changing it back their way right Mm -hmm. i mean um but they're coming and they keep coming because of our weather and all the various things we have to do and so colorado has been kind of insulated even for those of us that were around in 2008 we we had prices went down no doubt about it but we didn't have foreclosure fire sales like Nevada or, or the mm-hmm. Phoenix area or Miami Beach or mm-hmm. some of those places, you could almost walk in and get a place for free if you would just take over the HOA dues, you know? And we didn't have anything like that here.
1: Mm. So, um, interesting. Let's move over to taxation, Karen, because you keep an eye on that as well, don't you, for... Uh, you know, where I'm headed with this is Davos is meeting the globalist elites right now. And you and I, several years ago, did a show together on the Great Reset when we kind of thought we were had ten hats on. But as Elon Musk said, um, it's not a conspiracy if it's true. And we've, we've seen a lot of that. So Davos is meeting right now. And uh, uh, they've said that uh, by 2030 that we, regular people, will own nothing and be happy about it. And I've been concerned about how they could do it. And I'm like, oh, it's inflation and taxation. And so when people are buying their homes, I'm concerned about school taxes and fire taxes and special district taxes and people getting priced out of their homes. And so as assessed valuation has gone up, people are going to have a, a rather large surprise probably on their tax bills coming down the pike. Yes? Yes.
10: Yeah, so, um Property owners um, in the state of Colorado will see new assessed values come out in May. And the data that's used for that new assessment will be data from the very top of the market. And so um, their assessed value is going to be high, which if you're looking at net worth and you're looking at um, potentially selling, a high tax assessment is a positive mm-hmm. from the standpoint mm-hmm. that your perceived value, etc. But um, because of how government tends to work, they generally don't adjust the mill levy uh, downward, downward um, equally, so you will be paying m- potentially higher property taxes.
1: Well, and I think about somebody that's been in their house for, let's say, 30 years, and they paid off their mortgage. They're not planning on selling right now, but they are paying more and more in taxes every year. And ultimately, if we don't get a handle on that, I could see people being taxed out of their homes.
10: Well, I think that, that is, it's a complicated conversation from the standpoint that as a seller or as a homeowner, you want your value to go up. That's that's a, your desire. It when you invest in something, whatever that something is, the hope is it will have a return to right. you over time. And we talk about that housing provides the ability to build wealth. And so that is how government has chosen, you know, to tax us is on property and on goods and services and all the places we get taxed. So I think it's a, a discussion um, that I'm sure happens is happening locally and is happening nationally because again as lauren said things are local but just the way mentality we have taxed Mm -hmm. that's how it's happened and i think we need to be thoughtful when we are passing other things that cause more tax Mm -hmm. and things that affect that like you said mill levies and those i mean school taxes those things that go into property tax. What's your thoughts on that, Lauren?
11: I have a, a couple thoughts. Number one, we've always talked about, you and I, that most people's homes are their largest assets. Most mm-hmm. people. Some people have million-dollar 401Ks and other, other things. but And if you have other investments, you can absorb a property tax increase by pulling the money from somewhere else, and it's not mm-hmm. the end of the world. Because like Karen said, you want your home value to go up. Nobody wants it to go down. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like it's gone down, you should understand what the appeal processes in your county because you feel like the data is old that they're using. Find current comps, get in touch with Karen or something like that. Mm -hmm. Find the current comps and get in front of your county and say it's not really worth this, it's worth this and fight them to lower it. But in my world, this is where we use reverse mortgages because if people do have their largest asset as their house and they can't afford certain things, there are ways to access that money and the equity in their home for tax-free to help them stay in their home without having to, you know, move or leave the metro area or go somewhere else where they can afford it. They can actually access those funds.
1: And I, this whole reverse mortgage thing is it's interesting that that it, you don't then have a payment and you're receiving money and it's 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 tax-free. It doesn't mm-hmm. go towards your taxable income.
11: Nope.
1: It's that like is a so IRA. interesting. Yep. That is so interesting. So, gosh, uh, and again, uh, it makes me think about you know, kids are trying to figure out how to buy a house. I mean, ideally, a parent could take I mean, some of that out. I, yes,
11: You and I talk a lot about where the government can do good and bad, right? And right. When they, when they get involved. And I've always maintained that like, the VA loan when I deal with both your shows is one of the mm-hmm. greatest things they ever did. Mm-hmm, right? yep. A reverse mortgage is a good thing they did for seniors if used properly. I mm-hmm. mean, they're accessing that money tax-free without having to claim it and, you know... Um, it's a good thing when used correctly.
1: Okay, question, and then we're going to go to break. So let's say somebody accesses their equity via um, a uh, reverse mortgage, and they die, mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of equity above that. What what happens to, well, to that for the It depends when they
11: die what their status is. So, for example, I'm specific, speaking specifically if they're married. Okay. Okay, because if they... If it's a married couple, and let's say the husband dies or even just moves into a nursing home, the wife, as long as she's part of that loan, and even now they've changed the rules, where she can stay with no ramifications. Okay. Let's assume they pass away together or very shortly thereafter, Mm -hmm. and there's equity. That's probably more your question. The family has 12 months to decide what to do with the house before the bank's going to get involved. So if the children want it, they can, and assuming there's a lot of equity, they can just refinance it into their own name, and they're off and running. If they don't want it, they can hire someone like Karen and sell it and keep the proceeds and just pay off the loan like any other loan. Mm -hmm. It's just a lien. If the house even has no equity or it's upside down because the parents live long enough, the reverse will do an appraisal and sell it to the kids for 95% of the appraised value and then eat that loss above and beyond that. So there's a lot of things, but it happens within 12 months. 12 months after they leave the house is when the trigger would happen to start a foreclosure Uh process uh where the bank would want it back. Uh But the family's got all kinds of rights leading up to that.
1: So, okay, with that, just to understand that. So, Karen, somebody was in that situation. You've said you wouldn't want to leave that equity on the table. So Correct. you would. So you, you would,
10: would pick up the phone. You would, would call, call me, you. and then we would look at what the market value of the home is and the strategy that we would need uh, to get that home sold, so we can pay off. Lauren's reverse mortgage, and then get the r- remainder of the equity to the family.
1: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. A so, lot of people,
11: and one misconception of reverses is people think the bank owns the home, that the bank takes title to the property, and that the family is out. Nope. Uh, it, it's, it's just a lien like any other home equity line or first mortgage or anything. You can pay it off anytime you want without prepayment penalties, and the family is in title, not the bank.
1: Okay. So, Lauren Levy, how can people reach you?
11: Just give us a call, 303-880-8881.
1: 303-880-8881. And, Karen Levine, what is your phone
10: number? The best phone number is 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516.
1: 303-877-7516. We're going to go to break. Lauren and Karen are in studio. We have certainly covered a lot. We had Todd Watkins on in the uh, first hour regarding uh, El Paso County, Adam Angieski, regarding Open the Books. Would love to hear from you, of course, Dr. Rachel Corbett, uh, CDC Investigation. We do cover a lot of a lot of real estate in this show, <laughs> uh, Karen Levine. So we're going to go to break. But before we do that, the USMC Memorial Foundation, love them. They are raising Money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And uh, you can help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. You can buy a brick that will be on one of their walkways to honor your military service, your loved ones' in military service, and you get a beautiful certificate until that brick is uh, in the actual uh, walkway. So go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back and we want to hear from you. 303 477 5600. 303 477 5600.
9: every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority and roots medical is proud to offer exactly that at roots medical we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health how to implement healthy changes in the home and of course all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule for more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns.
6: Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment Environment for all customers come to Franktown for a comfortable, no pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash Franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at Franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. Yes. That's Kim our Munson Innovation. <laughs> So, yes, we're going to get on that, that question here. Welcome back to the show. In studio with me is Karen Levine, uh, 303-877-7516 with REMAX Alliance and Lauren Levy, uh, an expert in mortgages. And his number is 303 880 Got a text from one of our listeners and she said, we did not run out of workers, exclamation point, exclam- Yeah. So you want to address that? Yeah, and
11: I told you, like I try a lot to always say, I'm just trying not to give an opinion. I'm just trying to keep it. On point, I don't think we ever ran out of workers. We've always had an unemployment rate above zero. Uh huh. You know, I think it got to two point three, which right. means we still have two point three. But you can look go back and historically and look at the participation rate, right. and workers that for whatever reason right. decided to take early retirement or just not go back into the workforce. There was a a shift and a challenge there for a period of time.
1: Um, I was talking with someone that lives up in the mountains, and through the whole COVID thing where people said, where are all the workers? Now remember, paying people not to work? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this person said that she could look out her window and she could see everybody. Uh, They were smoking marijuana, they were uh, 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 rafting down the river, riding their bikes, hiking. That's where all the workers were Mm -hmm. with uh, all of the free money out there, Karen.
10: (laughs) Well, when when it we talk about economics, if you're given money to go spend, and you don't need additional money, then you don't go to work. Yeah. Well, especially
11: if the money you're getting to not work is more than it was what you're getting when you were working.
10: Yes. You said it much better than I. Thank you, Lauren.
11: You got a pay raise to not work. But either way, those people were not available. Right. Was all I was
1: saying. Right. And again, because of public policy. Yes. And the th- the problem with uh, is there's nothing for free. Uh, government t- has to take from someplace somewhere, and it's either from neighbors or it's from our children and our grandchildren, uh, via um, you know via debt. So, uh, oh, we've got Johnny in Denver. Johnny in Denver. What's on your radar?
3: Yeah, uh, when I when I was running for the house district. The the one thing I was was running, one of the things I was running for was this Alice Valdez, he uh, owns a a solar company, and he sponsored a law in in April that now takes effect in 2023 that every new house and every um, addition on the house is mandated that they have to have a solar panel put in so now they're forcing us to buy his product and we don't have a choice of saying well maybe we don't we don't we don't want solar paneling
1: oh johnny do you happen to know what the bill number was on that by any chance
3: uh oh man i thought it was like 1323 but i'm not okay exactly sure okay um I, I can I can look it up, but I don't have it on my, okay. my head right now. Well, but,
1: uh, and that's not capitalism. That's not having a pro, uh, product that people decide that they want to pay for with their own dollars because it brings value to them. Uh, that is using government, and that is called cronyism, Johnny.
3: Yeah, definitely. And so he got he got away with it, and and. Uh, when I met him, he didn't know that I was running for this, but he was so happy and and springy, and I and I just felt that maybe in the back of my mind, he knew that he was going to make or force people to get his product. So, and uh, that's and he's in there for another two years, and he's term limited, but he's already done the damage for the two years unless uh, they can reverse.
1: Well, and that's one of the things, Johnny, that I'm uh, provided this uh, chicken bill. Uh, I think that we need to go to work and try to get that repealed. And so that could be our mantra, Johnny, in Denver. And I so appreciate you stepping forward to run for office.
3: All right. You guys have a good one.
1: Thank you. Any other uh, comments? Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. My friend in Michigan said, walk or chew gum? And I just put question marks. I'm not sure. Maybe he's, can I walk and chew gum? Maybe I'm not doing that very, very well today. So um, what he, and I don't know if, if you've seen my uh, essay that I did recently, but Karen, Lauren, the price of eggs is up 133% over the last year. This is because of public policy.
10: I thought it was because of dead chickens.
1: Well, uh, certainly there is there is part of that. Okay. And there is the input cost of production. But there's also the thing that mm-hmm. here in Colorado, uh, there was legislation that was passed in 2020, didn't take effect until 2023 after the election, mm-hmm. uh, that said that there has to be a, a certain square footage of for each chicken, that they need to have a... Um, Dusting bath area, nesting boxes. And it's like, I do these people really know th- more about chickens than the actual chicken producer? The other thing is, is picking winners and losers. Mm-hmm. The big guys don't have to adhere to this, and the little guys don't either. It's an assault on the mid-level producers. Very frustrating. I know that that's not really in your bailiwick, Karen or Lauren. Well, you know. My
11: wife makes breakfast for herself every single day and. I see her coming back with eggs, and every time I'm like, oh, boy, oh, what uh, do those run today? Yeah. I mean, I do see it.
10: Yeah. Well, at least she could get some. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, and you can't have chickens in the backyard of some of your backyards in Metro Denver.
1: Right, because of regulations. Mm-hmm. So if people wanted their own chickens, it looks like we're going to try to get one more call in here, maybe. Yes, let's get Bill from North Glen on the line. Bill, what's on your radar? Uh, I would encourage you
13: to uh, start the process of a valid initiative to repeal this uh, egg business. Um, I would hope that John Caldera potentially would step in, but it could be a citizen-led initiative, because and th- it ultimately affects the poor.
1: I totally agree with yeah. you, and in fact, I had a conversation yesterday with someone. How should we do this? Should we try to do this via legislation or an initiative? But. Bill, I think that uh, I think that this could get could get wings on it. What do you think? <laughs>
13: yeah. no, you have you have to do the initiative process because the people are completely deranged at the Capitol. They're left wing. They're communists. They're beyond help. Um, but this would send a strong message that we will fight back. We're not going to sit there. The same with this idiotic bag. A problem I heard on another station on a newscast that people are just, uh, they're taking the bags. They're not going to pay their 10 cents. They're they're apparently taking out those little hand-carry plastic bags or cart um, baskets, uh, and they're just not going to comply. And we're done. So I guess are they going to have the store manager chase you out the door and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you owe me for three bags? Uh, is, is this where we want to be okay.
1: well they'll probably what they'll probably do then is just get rid of the bags or something but the other thing uh, bill and we're just about out of time but I looked again at that uh, that bag fee and I think we need to sack the bag fee um, but if you can prove that you are on government assistance food assistance either government or federal or state you don't have to pay the bag fee so if they were really ser- serious about the um the environment, they would they would be fair across the board on that. Mm-hmm. Bill, I appreciate it. We're out of time. Thank you so much,
10: Karen Levine. Phone number: oh three oh three eight seven seven. 7516.
1: And we don't even have time for a final thought, Lauren Levy. What's your phone number? (laughs) I brought three
11: of them today. Uh, My number is 303-880-8881.
1: It's always so great to have you guys in the studio. Thanks for being here.
10: We always have an interesting conversation.
1: It's always interesting for sure. Quote for the end of the show is from Thucydides. He said, Knowledge without understanding is useless. So my friends today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music communicate and listen well Live honestly and authentically strive for high ideals and like superman stand for truth justice and the american way my friends you are not alone god bless you and god bless america